Well, uh, we are going to continue in our series uh, this week. Uh, this is week three of Seek and Save. Pastor Otis has, has been taking us through <clears throat> excuse me, uh, this, this series. And if you have missed uh, the other two, please go uh, on to uh, our podcast and check that out or calvary.online and you can get those messages that you missed. Um, this morning's message is called Advancing the Kingdom. Now, I get really excited when I talk about advancing the kingdom because uh, for, for so many reasons. First off, I want to see Jesus come back. Can anyone say amen to that? I'm super excited for Jesus to come back and us to spend eternity with him. <clears throat> However, we actually have a job as Christians right now to advance the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. You know, two years ago, uh, I got a word from the Lord, and, uh, and he had told me that he wanted to take a place Uh, He wasn't really interested in a place. Now, I think places are great. Calvary Church is an amazing place. Uh, Our student ministry is a great place. But how many of you know that the church is actually not a place? It's not these buildings or this property. The church is a people. So the Lord actually told me uh, two years ago, hey, I want you to rename the student ministry Ambassador Student Ministry because I'm interested in creating a people that go out and win people to Christ to advance my kingdom. Yeah, you can get excited about that. Come on. This is exciting stuff. Listen, here's why. Because Jesus invites us to take part in the in this something Absolutely amazing. Lives transformed for him. We get to see people go from death to life when we partner with Jesus. That is good news. You know, this is uh, right now, and some of you may uh, disagree because of what you see on the news or what you've been hearing, or maybe it's something that you've been feeling, but we are actually in the greatest time Ever. Here's why. We are, we, are, we are at the beginning of the greatest awakening and revival that the world has ever seen. Do you see it, church? I hope you do. We are in the greatest moment of awakening and revival. If you go out from this place and talk to people, man, people are getting saved. First off, every week in this church, people are getting saved. Pastor Otis and I, we go out to, uh, to middle schools and high schools for FCA in the mornings uh, and preach the gospel. And, and every time we preach Jesus, Guess what? We see people come to Jesus. We see people pass from death to life. And it is such an amazing thing to be a part of. And so listen, if if you are in here and you've never experienced that, let's get on board. That's what this message is about this morning. You uh, have a call as a Christian, as a believer, to advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Here's what I want you to know uh, this morning, that Jesus is perfect theology. You know, uh, I have the great pleasure of 
doing ministry with a multitude of different people, different denominations, and all the time, it's, it's, it's so much fun. And we come with this one core thing. When we come together to do an event, when we come together to do ministry, it's Jesus is first. Jesus is king. Jesus is the savior. When, when we put all of our little denominational things in there, we murk it up. Now, I'm not saying that we can't believe what we believe. We believe what we believe because the Bible says uh, what we believe. And somebody else has a different opinion on, on that. That's okay. But we need to keep Jesus first. Jesus is the priority. Jesus is the one who changes things. Jesus is perfect theology. So don't get wrapped up in, in your theological debates on, on end time events or, or this or that. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. What matters is Jesus. What matters is people. Jesus is interested in people and people alone, and that's what we, the church, need to focus on. Check this out. Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. If you do not know anything else in the Bible... But you know that verse that Jesus came to seek and save the lost and that Jesus loves people and that we are to love God and love people. I don't care if you know anything else. Listen, I absolutely love the word of God. I love the Bible. I want you to know the Bible. I want to know more of the Bible. The Bible is Jesus on paper. The Bible says that Jesus is word in flesh. Guess what? That means it's Jesus on paper. I want you to know him. I want you to know your word. But this is core. Love God Love people. Jesus came to earth to seek and to save. If you don't know anything else and you don't have these deep theological conversations, praise God. If you're living this out, that's all you need. This is our mandate. Calvary is to be a thriving local church that is making a global impact. I don't care if you come here once a month. I don't care if you come here uh, every single week, all week. That is your mandate. The church is not a building. The church is not the pastors. The church is the people, the believers in Christ that fill this place. And you, church, have a mandate from heaven given by Jesus, God himself, to be a global impact. Not only in this community, but globally. That's staggering. There was a study conducted by LifeWay Research, and it found that 80% of those who attend church one or more times a month believe they have a personal responsibility to share their faith. 
Yet despite this conviction, 61% have not told another person about how to become a Christian in the previous six months. That's an issue. That is an issue. Because, and we, that, should, that should move something in us. Because Jesus Christ, our God, gave us a commission to go out the same as him. He came to seek and save. And we have this same mandate to seek out the lost and to see them saved through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. There's good news. Matthew 16, 18. It says, and I, and I also say to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus was telling Peter in this moment on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world, the Son of the living God, and on the revelation of who Jesus is, the church will be built. The church will be built. As you, church, go out to seek and to save the lost as Jesus. We as believers have actually, uh, it says in the word, that we die to ourselves so that we can come alive in Christ. So Jesus should be living through us. Jesus should be talking to people and praying with people through us. Are we doing that, church? Because it's important. It's so important. Let's look at this. I'm going to give you three points this morning. But how do we participate in advancing the kingdom of God? Romans 10, 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. What is this saying? This is talking about a national awakening. National awakening. The world needs Jesus. America needs Jesus right now. Our desire... And our prayers should be exactly for this national awakening. Romans 10, 12 through 15, it says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. It doesn't matter, church, if you're Jew or Greek. Doesn't matter if you're Presbyterian or Pentecostal. 
It doesn't matter if you're a churchgoer or a prostitute. This may step on somebody's thoughts a little bit. Toes, thoughts. Yeah. The word says that Jesus isn't willing that any should perish, but all should have everlasting life. If people are perishing, it's our fault. We, the church, need to take blame for this because we are not going out and seeking and saving the lost through Jesus. I know that's a heavy burden, and some of you may feel like that's, that's a bit too uh, audacious of a statement, but it is exactly true. If, peop- if God's will is that no one should perish and everyone should have everlasting life, there's a disconnect. Because we are Jesus to this world. Christ is living through us, and we need to be talking to people about Jesus. We need to be loving people like Jesus for Jesus. We have to, to see the kingdom advance. My very first point here this morning is this, to participate in advancing the kingdom, we need to desire and pray. We need to desire and pray. Verse one, it said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Second Peter 3, 9 says this, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but in long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We need to, some of us have the desire, but we don't pray. Some of us have the desire to see the lost saved, but we don't pray. And some of us pray, but we don't have the desire. Listen, fervent, meaningful, real prayers move the heart of God to action. If you are praying and just going through the motions and you are not desiring for any real change for yourself or for the people you're praying for, it's not going to happen. You need to earnestly and fervently, passionately believe and pray what, uh, believe what you're praying We are living in a time that cold-hearted prayers that are seemingly meaningless, me, me, me prayers, that are meaningless, that are me, me, me prayers, it's done. Listen, church, we, whether you believe it or not, we are living in the end times. It may be the beginning but the, the slack Christianity coming to church once a month, it's over. That time is over. Because if you believe that that's all you have to do, you've already been deceived. 
We have to hear from the Holy Spirit and say what he's saying. We have to live this thing out. We have to earnestly desire and pray. Desiring for an awakening and revival, it's not enough. We must engage in prayer. Matthew 9, 35 through 38 says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when the multitude, but when he saw the multitudes, look at this, he was moved with compassion for them. When is the last time, church, that you have been moved with compassion for someone? Jesus was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Check this out. Therefore, what? Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Church, we need to, we need to begin to be moved by things. We need to begin to pray the dangerous prayer and say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Move me with compassion. Make me come out of my comfort zone and do the things that you want to do instead of me doing what I want to do. Pray the dangerous prayers. God, use me in any way you want. I dare you to pray that that prayer and him not follow up on it. This is the stance we need to take right now. This is the stance. Desire and prayer are the internal disciplines that lead to an external display. So desire, desiring these things and praying these things are just the initial part of this. There's more. There's more, and it leads to something external. These things sometimes change us, but the external is for, are for other people. Next point is this. How do we advance the kingdom? Number two, we send. Romans 10, 15 says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? Heaven sent Jesus to us. God sent Jesus from heaven to us. We are supposed to imitate Christ. Guess what? Jesus could have stayed up in heaven on the throne and he could have desired and he could have prayed for us to be saved and for us not to go to hell. Matter of fact, he's doing it right now. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. That's good news, amen? Amen. However, Jesus didn't stop there, and neither should we. Heaven sent Jesus to earth for us. And if we're imitating Christ, that means we have a responsibility as well. We need to be sent into the earth to to share the gospel, to talk about Jesus and what he did on the cross. 
we have a responsibility. Luke 4, 18 through 21, it says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover uh, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are opposed uh, oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the uh, synagogue were fixed on him. And he began, began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is Jesus right here talking and in action. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. I want you, church, as imitators of Christ, as ambassadors of heaven, to put yourself in this scripture. And I want you to begin to proclaim, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to the heal the brokenhearted. Listen, this is not a job for pastors. This is not a job for evangelists. This is not a job for missionaries. This is a job for believers in Christ, sons and daughters of God. Quit boxing God in. You do not need a, bib a doctorate in biblical and theological studies to talk about Jesus to somebody. You don't need it. We need to get our minds out of that box, and we need to say, you know what? I, I have a testimony, and it's Jesus. Jesus showed up into my life. You know, uh, we have water baptisms, by the way, uh, the 29th of this month. And if you're not registered, I want, and you've never been water baptized, or you feel like you're going into a transition, which a lot of people are right now, go online to Calvary.online and register for water baptisms. And you know something? We have everybody that gets water baptized say, uh, say this. It's on their card. They say, they say uh, when Jesus came into my life, and then they fill in the blank. Guess what? To preach the gospel, it's actually that easy. All you need to say is when Jesus came into my life, blank. I was changed. I was healed. I used to be an addict, but I'm not anymore. Guess what? I've been set free. Jesus did that for me. I used to be bound in this, but Jesus took me out of that. Jesus healed me. Jesus loves me. You don't need a fancy degree to talk to people about Jesus. You need to tell them your testimony of what God has done and is doing in your life. And I guarantee you, every time you preach Jesus and tell people about your life with him, everything changes for that person. In Revelations, it says this, that in the end times, which again, we are in, the end time saints will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony, your personal testimony. You will overcome what the enemy throws at you because of what Jesus has taken you 
through and out of, and you will actually pull other people into the glory of God and the presence of God because of what he has done in your life when you share your testimony. Every single time. Yes, come on. We need to get that in our, in our minds. We're not sharing the gospel. And it's easy. And it's life-changing. And people are suffering here on earth right now. And yet we have, we have the Prince of Peace. We know him. He lives inside of us. What are we doing? We should be rushing in to horrible situations. And I know you're all here this morning, and I'm so glad you are. There's empty seats in here because people are afraid. They're afraid to come to church over the flu, essentially. Okay, I understand. I understand. It's killed some people. I'm not, I'm not going to preach politics or pretend that I'm a doctor. I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying that are we living out of fear? Are we living our entire lives out of fear or are we living by faith? Come on. Come on. Are you right now? I want you to take a personal inventory of your life. Are you living out of fear or are you living by faith? Trust in Jesus and who he is. Is he really the, the Lord of your life? Is he really master over you? Come on. Come on, church. Take personal inventory right now. Have you just been so afraid? The Lord's asked you to do something, but you have been so afraid. that fe Listen, fear always causes inaction. Faith propels you into the promises of God. Into the things of heaven. So many good things will happen for you and for the people around you if you would just begin to believe what you say you believe. I think I skipped over a lot of stuff. Come on. That's all right, Jesus. Man, I'm... The Lord is preaching to somebody this morning. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of the place that you are in, that you think you need to be in to stay safe and sound. A lot of times the Lord asks you to do some pretty radical stuff that makes no earthly sense and is really a bad investment sometimes in your mind because you don't see the whole picture. But Jesus has his mind on people to seek and to save and to send you out full of faith from this place to see others healed, others empowered, others saved for the glory of God, not for your glory. 
So who does Jesus send? He sends his believers. He sends his sons and daughters out into the harvest. Luke 10, 1, it says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Listen, we are still the church the body of Christ is still sending people out. The past few weeks, we have had a lot of transition. The past two years, we have had a lot of transition here at Calvary. Just in the past two, three weeks, we've had multiple saints go home to be with the Lord. And in the past two years, we have sent out some amazing, amazing people that have been uh, just servants of God. But we have sent them out because that is our mandate, to send out people to bring in the harvest. And we are still sending people. I don't know if uh, not many of you were at the missions banquet that we recently had, and I wish you were, because there was a guy here, Pastor Dave Hauk, and he is absolutely um, amazing. He does not fit in any box that anyone tries to put him in, if you know anything about Pastor Dave. He is a uh, missionary to the Ocala National Forest, to some of some people that uh, most would deem unfavorable. They, they live in the woods. They don't have electricity. Most of them are, are uh, completely homeless, and uh, they, they, they aren't able to take showers, all this stuff. And he ministers to these people uh, amazingly. He has so many different encounters uh, with different people. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, he was telling us stories about uh, prostitutes and pimps getting saved and all this stuff. And, and when he's here, I just think, you know, I don't think I'm saved. You know, like, that is a man of God. Like, what are we doing? When I hear stories like that, he is living a life straight out of the book of Acts. What are we doing I think that for me personally, what am I doing? We can, we have such an opportunity. But he's seeing all these people that most people wouldn't even go into the darkness that he sees on a daily basis. The Assemblies of God actually deemed him the most active missionary through the assemblies of God in the whole world. And he's right down the street, and you missed him. Don't you feel bad? (laughs) Missions banquet next year. We're always behind on it, so he's probably going to preach again because he's close. So show up. (laughs) He'll be here, hopefully. (laughs) But what are we doing? What are you personally doing for the gospel in, in your seat backs and possibly uh, in the, on the back counter in the, in the lobby, um, there are these little faith promise cards. And 
uh, and if you aren't giving to missions right now, let me encourage you to do so. You, Calvary Church, this past year, gave over $100,000 to world missions. Is that not absolutely amazing? $100,000. Listen, our mandate here at Calvary is to, is to see the world changed through Jesus. That's on us. We have that mandate. If you're not giving to missions, please give to missions. It will not only change other people's lives, it'll change yours. So why do we support missions? 7.67 billion people are in this world, and 29% of them have not heard the gospel yet. How many of you know before Jesus comes back, the whole world has to hear? We have to tell everyone that we can about Jesus before he comes. This is why Calvary sins. We believe in Jesus. And we believe that Jesus wants us to love people and that people need to be saved through him. And we send people. If you can't go, I, I hope all of you get to go on a missions trip because it will, it will 110% change your life. To go and, and love on people that are not like you. But if you can't go, you need to send someone else. But all of us have a call. All of us have a call to be sent to our community and the people around us. Every person you come into contact with, tell your testimony. Tell them about Jesus. Jesus himself gave us that commission before he ascended into heaven. That we would go out, that we would preach the gospel, that we would see people saved, healed, even raised from the dead. That's our responsibility that he has entrusted to us. Number three, we preach. And again, this isn't just for me. This isn't just for Pastor Otis. This isn't just for Pastor Dave Houck. This isn't, and I'm going to get paid for this type thing. If you're aspiring to be a, in full-time ministry in here, and you can't be a Christian right now, you don't need to be a full-time Christian. Just be a Christian. Love people. Preach the gospel. See lives changed. You don't need a title. And if you do need a title, you have plenty. Son or daughter of God. Ambassador of Christ. The word says you're a royal priesthood. You want a title? Grab one. You don't need to get paid for it. 
You don't need a microphone. You don't need a platform. You don't need to be on broadcast. I care about none of that. And neither should you. We need to care about people like Jesus. We need to tweak our minds. Because for so long we, think, we, we thought it's the ministry leader's job. No, it's a pastor's job to equip the saints to go out and do the works of Christ. That does not negate us from being Bible-believing Christians, though, as pastors and leaders. But it is our job as the church to preach the gospel of Jesus. Romans 10, verse 14b, it says, And how shall they hear without a preacher? Look, we are a people with a message. The message of Jesus how he's died for us, how he saved us and healed us. We are carriers of that good news. And we have to preach it. Verse 15b from Romans 10, it says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Some of you are like, I do not have beautiful feet. The Bible says you do. Devil's a liar. But that's our mandate. We have to preach the good tidings. We have to preach the good things of Jesus. A deaf and a mute spirit are scheming against the church. But listen, Samuels are rising up that hear from the Lord, that hear what he's saying, and speak what he's saying. A deaf and a mute spirit. Listen, no one's getting excited. You guys must be deaf and mute. Jesus is going to talk to you. He's going to, you're going to hear him speak, and you're going to say what he's saying. Can I get an amen? amen. Samuels are rising up. Amen. Prophets of the Lord, they hear and speak what he's saying. Calvary, you are not going to fall into that deaf and mute spirit category. I believe and declare that you will hear from the Lord and say what he is saying when he's saying it to whoever he's saying it. Man, y'all are sleeping. When the church walks in her identity to advance the gospel... Then we will see the fulfillment of the Habakkuk prophecy. Habakkuk 2, 14, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and the waters cover, as the waters cover the sea. That's a lot of glory. That's a lot of glory, church. A.W. Tozer said this, a scared world 
needs a fearless church. Church, are you living out of fear? Or are you living from faith? The world is in complete and utter chaos. And I could say this because I've seen it in a Bible translation. It's stupid. It's in there. Check it out. It's, it's crazy. And how many of you know, for a believer in Jesus Christ, who is the prince of peace, who is the light of the world, who there is no darkness in for us as believers who trust him, if you're running around acting out of chaos in fear, you need to check yourself right now. Because you are a carrier of peace. You can rush into a horrible, fearful situation and carry peace, carry Jesus into that situation and change the whole thing. So come on, church. Are you living out of fear or are you living by faith? We got to quit playing around. We got to quit playing church. We have to quit seeing how close to sin we can get without getting burnt by the fire. That's over. That time has passed. We have passed into a new time. And the time is now to rise up, to be the church, to be the light of the world, to be fearless believers that go out and preach the gospel anywhere, anytime, to anyone. So I ask you this morning, are you ready for that? Are you ready to desire and pray? Are you ready to be sent to preach? Boy, I hope you are. Because Jesus in you is ready. Do you trust him?